Hello and welcome to History with Jackson. So today marks the start of a brand new series of videos. This new series we will be looking at popes throughout the ages. We'll be looking at where they came from, what they achieved and did during their papacy and if they're a good pope or not. So I hope you enjoy the series that we've got in store for you. Today we will be looking at one of my personal favourites, Innocent III. So who was Innocent III? Innocent III was born in 1160 into an Italian aristocratic family. His father was the Count of Segni and his uncle was Pope Clement III. His own nephew would later go on to be a pope as well. His family had a good strong grounding in the church and you can see this because of his uncle. And Pope Innocent or the Terrier at this point went to go and study theology in Paris and then later went on to study law in Bologna. So in 1198 Celestine III died and on the very same day Innocent III was elected by the Curia to be Pope and he was elected unanimously by the rest of the Cardinals. Innocent chose the name Innocent as a reference to Pope Innocent II who attempted to establish papal primacy. Innocent III would later go on to establish the same theory. So what was Innocent III's papacy like? So Innocent III came to be regarded as the apogee of papal primacy. But how did we get to this point? So throughout most of his papacy, Europe was in turmoil, and particularly at the beginning. Within two years of his ascension to the papacy, the Holy Roman Emperor died. This left a power vacuum across Europe. The Byzantium Empire was also in turmoil too, leaving the Pope with no no rivals to power across the entirety of Europe. France and England were also undergoing succession disputes after the death of Richard I. Therefore, the papacy was the only strong and stable power across Europe, and Innocent III moved to fill these, these voids, really, within these countries. He managed to become regent for the Holy Roman Emperor. He managed to establish papal fiefdoms in several important European kingdoms, such as Aragon and England. And he managed to successfully strengthen Christendom in a time where Byzantium and the Orthodox Church was in turmoil. Innocent III also attempted to assert Christendom's authority over Europe and the Holy Land. One of these ways of asserting dominance was the Fourth Crusade. The Fourth Crusade was supposed to head to the Holy Land and liberate Jerusalem from the Muslims. However, it did everything but that. The Fourth Crusade did not have enough money to pay the Venetians to get to the Holy Land. Therefore, they sacked Zaza for the Venetians, ending up with an excommunication for both them and the Venetians, which would later be rescinded for the Crusaders. And then they'd go on to sack Constantinople and thoroughly destabilise the Byzantium Empire and leading to its gradual decline. They did not make it to the Holy Land and they did not liberate Jerusalem. 
The Albigensian Crusade that we spoke about last week was also one of Innocent III's attempts to assert dominance over Europe and re-establish Christendom in the area. Pope Innocent III also paved the way for many monastic orders, specifically the Franciscans and the Dominicans. Innocent III allowed St. Francis of Assisi to establish the Franciscan monastic order, which became very popular across Europe, very rich as well, and he also put the wheels in motion for the Dominican order to be established by Pope Honorius III. Innocent III also set up the Fourth Lateran Council. The Fourth Lateran Council was one of the most important ecclesiastical councils of the medieval period. Some of the reforms set about and established at this council have been guiding principles for the church since. This council also set upon huge restrictive measures upon Jews and Muslims in Europe and it called for the Fifth Crusade to occur in 1217. On his way to reconciling the two warring cities of Pisa and Genoa and whilst planning the Fifth Crusade, Innocent III died, and it's thought that he died from a bout of malaria. His successor was Pope Honorius III, who would continue some of these policies of innocence. Innocent III has been considered the height of papal power throughout his papacy. So was Pope Innocent III a good pope? Yes, he was. He was able to successfully steer Christendom and the papacy through a very difficult time in European history. He was able to successfully deal with the Holy Roman Empire and successfully deal with some of the most troublesome kings in Europe, particularly King John of England. Whilst he did have some bad points, which is committing genocide in the south of France and losing control of the the Fourth Crusade, which set in motion or firmly solidified the East-West Divide, Christianity, and him being deeply anti-Semitic, he was still a good Pope. His anti-Semitism wasn't out of character at the time. Edward I would later go on to expel, exile all the Jews from England. We can see that he was a good, strong Pope. And that was the question, was he a good Pope? Whilst some of his views are rather unsavoury for, uh, for us today, we cannot judge the views and the morality of the past on today's values. But the answer is yes, Innocent III was a good Pope. So thank you very much for watching today. Uh, I'm really excited to get stuck into this new series on Popes. Um, something that I want to try out for a while. It's something a little bit different from Dictators as well. And, of course, I would like to recommend a couple of books. I'm going to be using these books throughout the course of the series. So I will recommend them again at the end of each video if you miss them or you haven't watched another one. So firstly is The Pope's A History by John Jules Norwich. This book goes into detail on most of the popes throughout history. It's really, really quite interesting. It's really easy to read. They're very small sections. Um, and I really enjoy this one, actually. It's it's a really fun book, and I thoroughly recommend this one. The link for this will, again, as usual, be in the bio. Now, 
this next book is probably the biggest book I have on my shelf in my personal library. It is A History of Christianity by Diamond McCulloch. It is a great book. It really easily breaks down sections of history. I've used it for several essays. Um, so it breaks things down into time periods and different and different themes as well. So I've used this to look at the Algentian Crusade um, right up until you know Pope John Paul II. So it really does cover most things. So yeah, definitely recommend this, and I'll recommend this. So yeah, they'll both be in the bio for you to go and check out yourself. Um, in the meantime. I hope you have a nice week. If you haven't already, please like, follow and subscribe. And I will catch you guys next week. Thank you very much. Oh, you are oh, kidding me. Oh.